Welcome to this week's episode of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate. What's up, man? What's up? All right, we've got a lot of stuff going on around the NBA, NFL, and NHL, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Let's just start with the NBA. Uh, Playoffs is happening. Uh, A lot of the series, uh, some of them are... Are you know teams are up two nothing, some teams are up one nothing, some series are tied one one. A lot of crazy action going on. There's currently games being played as we're recording, so we'll definitely get to those. Um, I guess Nate, let me start with the first series. This time we'll start in the West. Uh, you got the one seed Phoenix Suns against the eight seed New Orleans Pelicans. Um, this series is tied one one. Obviously, the Pelicans were able to win game two after the Devin Booker hamstring injury. Uh, it says he could possibly miss games three and four. I guess, what are your thoughts on the series at this point? Um, I guess I was uh, pretty surprised considering if the Suns are fully healthy, I feel like they could have gone all the way to the finals. Um, I guess Devin Booker um, being hurt is probably going to give the Pelicans a chance, but um even with that, I feel like the Pelicans, they're playing some really good basketball right now. Yeah, I definitely agree that that game, um, I believe it was Tuesday night. Yeah, they just, they looked great. Um, really solid effort overall. Obviously, I do think the Suns would have won and probably covered the spread if Devin Booker was not uh, like, or did not get injured. But um, yeah, Things happen the way they they happen, and the Pelicans took full advantage. I'll give them credit there. I think a lot of people were writing them off. They said four or five game series. I mean, if Booker doesn't play, I could easily see this going six or seven. I don't know whether the Pelicans can pull it off because I feel like the Suns would make some type of adjustments. But um, I guess heading into next game, it's going to be in New Orleans. The Pelicans are are at home, and they're um, actually underdogs still. Um, Suns are favored by one and a half points. I don't know. How do you see this game going? Do you see the Suns winning it? This is pretty much a pick them at this point. Uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on game three happening uh, on Friday night. Yeah, it basically is a pick them, like you said. I mean, it depends um, if Devin Book is ready to play. Like you said, it looks like he might not play. So it all, I guess it'll also depend on if everybody's playing for the Pelicans. So I think if everybody's healthy, I mean, they pulled off an upset against the Suns at an away game, which is really impressive. So they're at home now. And without Devin Booker on the Suns, you might actually be able to pick the Pelicans. Yeah, I might be thinking the same thing. I mean, like you said, 11 point win on the road. Uh, it's pretty good in my books. Uh, Brandon Ingram, 37 points. Like he really popped off that game. Like they, they just have a lot of good uh, players there, even without Zion Williamson in this series. Brandon Ingram's been playing well. Um, Jonas Valanciunas has been doing his thing. Um, you know, like CJ McCollum, obviously 23 points there as well. So, I mean, yeah, they have guys that can play. Yeah, I guess th- that game breaker and Devin Booker, if he's not there, it's going to be really troubling for this Suns team. If they go out early, that's going to be a huge upset. I definitely agree with that. So we'll definitely have to see what happens in game three. 
Um, yeah, let's move to the next series now, the 2-3 series. Uh, that's the Memphis Grizzlies against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That series is tied at one. Uh, we saw that early upset, game one, uh, the Timberwolves taking it, but then the Grizzlies answer right back and tie up the series. Um, I guess give me your thoughts on how this series has gone so far. I was really surprised with this as well because I was expecting the Grizzlies to um, – I guess, take the first game against the Timberwolves, but they were able to um, tie the lead up at home. So um, that's good. I feel like the Grizzlies, they're still, I feel like they're still favored to win possibly, but um, the Timberwolves could possibly pull an upset, but I feel like it's going to be like a really close, maybe like six or seven game series. Yeah, speaking of close, uh, looking at Thursday's spread for this game, um, Grizzlies are favored by one and a half on the road in Minnesota. So, yeah, it's pretty much a pick at that point. Um, I guess which way would you lean in that sense? Um, I feel, if I remember correctly, I think both games were one at home. So, I guess just going based on that, you could take the Timberwolves. But I feel like if you – think that the Grizzlies are the stronger team overall, you might want to go with them instead. Yeah, I guess what I've noticed is that the Grizzlies, they've sort of been getting dominated in the paint, especially Steven Adams. So they switched to like a small ball lineup, mostly for game two, and then they were able to sort of beat the Timberwolves. I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on that? Um, I guess how should the Grizzlies play the Timberwolves or how should the Timberwolves sort of respond? Um, It's going to be uh, hard to say, I think. I feel like the small ball, small ball lineup, um, it looks like it worked. So I guess we'll just have to see if the Timberwolves will start playing some smaller players. But you would want to have Carl Anthony Towns in the lineup um, most of the time as well. So it's going to be hard to see how they balance that. Yeah, it'll, it, honestly, yeah, this is going to be a toss-up for Game 3. I honestly don't know which way I'd go. I might lean with the Timberwolves just because they're at home. Like you said, you tend to lean with the home team. But obviously, the Timberwolves did upset on the road in Game 1. So definitely going to be an interesting series for sure. Uh, we'll now get to the 3-6 series in the West. And yeah, that's the Golden State Warriors up 2-0 on the sixth seed Denver Nuggets. Um, yeah, these games really haven't been that close. Uh, almost, uh, I think one game was a 20 point win. The other one was almost a 20 point win. Yeah. Do you see Denver having any chance in this series, the way Golden State's been playing? Um, honestly, I'm not really too sure. I feel like, um, if Jokic basically plays the best basketball of his life, um, he might be able to push them to maybe six games, but I feel like. I would still say the Golden State Warriors are probably the favorites to win still. Yeah, I guess just looking at Thursday's spread for game three, I have no idea why the Warriors are only favored by one and a half. I feel like that's probably, uh, I know we don't always like to say the word lock, but this has to be the lock of the night, Warriors on the road. I mean, like this team, I mean, you're winning by like almost 20 at home on the road. You should still be able to get out victory, squeak out victories. Uh, they have the deeper starting lineup. They have the deeper bench. Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on game three? I feel like um, they're probably banking on, um, I guess, uh, the home crowd in Denver, like really helping the Nuggets out. But 
like you said, the Warriors are a stronger team overall, especially with um, the Nuggets not having Jamal Murray, and they're not really fully healthy at the moment. So I feel like the Warriors should be able to take game three as well. Yeah, I think this is probably the series that's, you know, it's not going to be as close. Most people thought it would be the 1-8 series, but this one looks like it could be a sweep depending on how Golden State plays in Denver. I will now get to the 4-5 series, the Dallas Mavericks against the Utah Jazz. That one is tied 1-1. Uh, I'm surprised the Mavericks were able to win game two without Luka Doncic. Uh, his status still remains up in the air for game three. I guess uh, he's questionable for game three. Um, I guess looking at the spread right now, they have the Jazz favored by seven at home. Uh, I guess depending on whether Luca plays or not, I guess, how do you see this game going? I feel like um, I think the, the rebounding and kind of like the center position is probably going to be um, the deciding factor, if that makes sense. So I think if Gobert is in, then they could possibly cover this. But yeah, I feel like it might uh, be a lot closer if Luca's playing. Yeah, I think if Luca's playing, you might be able to take Dallas just straight up. I actually think they have a good chance of winning this series if Luca's playing. I don't know, the Jazz just haven't felt the same this year um, compared to last season. Last year was sort of their year to go win it. This year, they, I don't know, the chemistry's felt a little different. Um, they've sort of taken advantage, especially in game one with Luca not being there. But uh, yeah, I, I really like Dallas in this game, possibly either way. Uh, on the spread, whether Luca's in or not, because I feel like that they they've sort of figured out a way to to keep it close and potentially beat this Jazz team like they did in Game Two. So I don't know. I'm just feeling the Mavericks either way. I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts? I guess I would think that Luca would would play because that that way they'd be able to hopefully take the lead on the series. So um, maybe you could go with the Mavericks. Either. Yeah, definitely. If Utah at home grabs both games, I'll definitely make it really tough uh, for Dallas in this series. I'll definitely agree with you on that. I will move to the East now, uh, getting to the 1-8 series. It's the Miami Heat uh, up 2-0 on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and yeah, these games just really have not been close. Uh, they've won. Uh, they've scored 115 points both games. Uh, that's Miami. And then the Hawks, yeah, they just uh, they, they've let games slip away. I think Jimmy Butler dropped 45 in game two. Um, yeah, Miami just clearly looks like the better team. Uh, I know Clint Capella hasn't been playing. That's really hurt the Hawks. I guess, what are your thoughts on this series? And I guess, is it going to go only four games? Um, I guess this was kind of a case of how important Clint Capella was to the Hawks. Um, he brings a really good inside presence. Um, he's good at scoring. He's good at rebounding. Um, Without that, it's going to be really hard to counter a really strong team with a bunch of good players. You have Jimmy Butler, Ben Adebayo, um, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry. So it's a really star-studded team. So um, without Clint Capella, I feel like, I don't want to say uh, four games. I feel like the Hawks, they do have some uh, really good players that can um, score if they, if they get hot. But I would say maybe five games, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. Their, their third game in this series on Friday, 
Um, and it looks like the Heat are favored by one and a half. Do you think this is the one game that the Hawks potentially take, or do you think the Heat go up three nothing in this one? Um, I feel like for now, maybe just go with go with the Heat. Yeah, I think I'm I'm probably thinking the same thing. Miami, they've been one of the teams you can trust. They've been covering a lot of spreads. So yeah, I think just go right back to the heat unless of course Clint Capella comes back then you got the home crowd advantage you got sort of a a big time player there in the paint then I think maybe you can take a look at Atlanta um maybe they might even be favored in that game if Capella is definitely playing so you definitely have to check for that um and then getting to the 2-7 series one of those games is actually uh, being played uh, as we're recording um Yeah, so um, prior to that game being played, the Milwaukee Bucks were up 1-0. The game is just tipping off as we speak. Um, It it is just, the first quarter is just starting. Uh, So I guess we can talk about this series um, and sort of how it's played out so far. Uh, Milwaukee getting the win in game one. It was a bit closer than we expected, but they were the better team. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess um, it's really good for the Bulls to um, keep it close with the Bucks. I think I was expecting the Bucks to kind of just, um, I don't want to say like steamroll the Bulls, but I felt like it was just going to kind of be business as usual for the Bucks. But um, the Bulls, they looked like a deep playoff team at the beginning of the season. They had some injuries, so it was looking a little bit shaky, but hopefully they'll be able to kind of, uh, drag the series out or maybe even pull an upset yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, how game two goes obviously we're not going to be recapping it because it won't be finished um, by the end of this recording so um, yeah I guess um, the spread was uh, 10 in favor of Milwaukee heading into this one we said we're leaning Milwaukee going into the game so I just assumed that you felt that uh, Milwaukee was just going to dominate uh, a little bit more in game two yeah, that's kind of what I was going with. All right. And now we'll move um, to the, um, what is it? The three, uh, sorry, no, that was the three, six. We'll now move to the two, seven series. Um, this one is uh, Boston as the two seed and Brooklyn as the seventh seed. Game one, obviously, that Jason Tatum game winning shot, the, the one point victory for the Celtics. Uh, then you got, um, the Celtics actually up in game two as we're recording. They're currently up by five in the fourth quarter. Um, I think we had Boston covering this game. I believe it was three and a half. So looking good so far. Um, give me your thoughts on the series, especially if Boston goes up two nothing. I was actually really surprised in game one. I was actually expecting the Nets to, well, they did keep it close, but I was thinking maybe they could have pulled a game one upset against the Celtics, but it looks like the Celtics, um, they're in they're in playoff form, or maybe even more than that. So, I was thinking if they won um, Game One, maybe they'd be able to win by a slightly larger lead in Game Two, since three and a half isn't really um, too bad of your favorites. So, even though the Nets are a strong team, they are missing um, Ben Simmons. So, I feel like his defense would really help in this situation. And the Celtics are fully healthy, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, Celtics, I believe they're almost fully healthy. I don't believe Robert Williams is back yet, but 
Yeah, I definitely agree. They're a much healthier team than Brooklyn at the moment. And yeah, um, I feel like unless Ben Simmons does come back for this series, yeah, Boston could probably make quick work. Maybe not as quick as they have done at home. Maybe Brooklyn will put up a better fight in their home. But yeah, the Celtics definitely have a really good shot of winning this series. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I guess we'll get now to the four or five series, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers against the Toronto Raptors. The Sixers uh, did take a 2 nothing series lead, um, and they pretty much dominated both games. Obviously, the Scotty Barnes injury was huge. Um, yeah, give me your thoughts on this series, and I guess give me your thoughts on, I guess, the Raptors' chances. They are up by five currently in game three, so they do have a chance to make this a series. I guess, what are your thoughts? So I guess at the beginning of the series, I kind of expected the Raptors to um, maybe, I guess, drag the series out, if not, I guess, upset the 76ers, mainly because uh, they did have a positive record in the regular season. But I guess people do normally say that the playoffs are, I guess, a different animal than the regular season. So can't always rely on regular season records. So I guess this series kind of shows that a little bit. Um, I guess with um, this game, this is pretty much like a do or die for the Raptors. So they're up by, I think, five, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So they're doing well so far, but unfortunately it looks like um, the 76ers are outscoring the Raptors in this quarter. So they're going to need a way to kind of, um, I guess, put the brakes on the 76ers. Yeah, it's great to see Gary Trent at least back to better health. He is leading the Raptors as we speak with 17 points. So really good to see. Hopefully Scotty Barnes comes back at some point in the series, just sort of make this series a bit closer. Definitely something that we'd like to see. Um, and yeah, um, I guess any uh, final thoughts uh, in terms of NBA series, um, I guess just uh, thoughts on, I guess just what's going on in the NBA in general. Um, I feel like the playoffs, they've been actually, uh, they've turned out a lot uh, different than um, what I expected. For example, I thought the 76ers Raptors game would be a lot closer than it is. Uh, right now, it's looking like um, it's pretty dominant for the 76ers right now. I expected the Nets to kind of put up more of a fight than they're putting up right now, but the Celtics are playing um, some amazing basketball right now. The Warriors look like the most dominant uh, team in the playoffs right now. So I was actually expecting that to be the Suns. So um, some really ex unexpected turn of events. I was going to say that this year, um, I mean, there have been other years where this is the case, but yeah, you need a healthy team to dominate in the playoffs. Like that, that's really what it comes down to. These teams are very close. Um, you're missing one key player and yeah, the series just goes down the drain. Like I'm really concerned about the Suns losing Devin Booker, the chance of them getting upset. And the fact that new Orleans is winning games without Zion Williamson, imagine if he was in the lineup, how dangerous they'd be. I mean, they are wrapping him up in terms of his practice. So there is a chance that if they get past the Suns, they could even have him in the next round, which would make them a really dominant team. So yeah, getting healthy at the right time is a key thing. Raptors have suffered from it. Dallas has suffered from it. There's a there's a few other teams. Brooklyn obviously doesn't have Ben Simmons. So, yeah, um, 
I think if you're looking to sort of uh, pick teams, pick winners, all that sort of stuff, look for the healthy teams. That's going to be the key, I feel like, heading into playoff series. So definitely something that you should be taking a look at. And, yeah, that's pretty much it uh, covering uh, the NBA for this week. So now we'll jump uh, right into Fanatics football. We'll talk about some stuff going on around the NFL a few signings to report green Bay adding wide receiver, Sammy Watkins to a one year, $4 million deal. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a small signing, obviously they add another wide receiver into the room. I guess, give me your thoughts on this signing. Well, I think Sammy Watkins, he is a pretty solid player. So they're adding some more depth at wide receiver for green Bay. Um, I think it was pretty uh, needed for the Packers, but I feel like um, they should continue to keep um, adding some wide receivers either at the draft or uh, during free agency. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, They definitely need to draft someone, whether it's in the first round or not. And yeah, I guess just stacking wide receivers gives Aaron Rodgers, I guess, a few different options. Obviously, Watkins, he's got good speed, uh, even at his age. And um, yeah, he's definitely been solid for many of the teams he's played for, whether it's Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, you name it. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree um, with this signing. Uh, it's pretty low risk, you know, one year, four million. Uh, they don't really have to commit to him long term. So it's definitely, uh, I guess, a pretty decent ad in my books. And um Another solid signing, it looks like Stefan Gilmore, the corner, has signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Yeah, he got a two-year deal uh, that will sort of, uh, I believe they'll pay him $23 million with $14 million guaranteed. I don't know whether, I I believe that's over the course of two seasons. Um, Yeah, so basically it's uh, upwards of uh, $23 million, so just over $11 million per year, uh, $14 million guaranteed. Uh, Yeah, I guess give me your thoughts uh, on the Stephon Gilmore signing. It looks like the Colts' defense is going to be a lot stronger. Um, Yeah, I guess what are your thoughts? I guess um, adding someone as talented as Stephon Gilmore is obviously going to make the defense um, a little bit stronger, so... I think that it's a pretty good pre-agency move for now. So, um, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a good move. Yeah, I mean, they have a solid defense already, just adding another piece, especially a former defensive player of the year like Stefan Gilmore. I definitely like the signing. They didn't overpay for him. Um, like, they possibly would have had to if he was coming right out of New England. Obviously, uh, he took a stop. With the Panthers, obviously, he came off of a rough injury, so that sort of lowered his value. So hopefully he gets up um, to sort of that level that he was in New England. Definitely would be interesting for him to see. And I guess speaking of corners, we'll get to the Cleveland Browns. It looks like Denzel Ward has become the highest paid corner in the league, which is pretty insane. Um, Yeah, I guess give me your thoughts on on this deal. Um, Yeah, like, I, I didn't even expect this, obviously. Uh, he's still very young in his career. I think it's like, what, five years, $105 million with $71.25 million guaranteed. So he's getting paid just slightly more than Jalen Ramsey per season. Yeah, you're a Browns fan. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, It's really surprising. I mean, Denzel Ward is arguably the best um, corner 
on the team. So I guess he, you can make an argument that he deserves it. A lot of really good players he added. Amari Cooper, um, the Browns wants to add Deshaun Watson. So I'm guessing that um, at the end of next season, the cap space is going to be a bit of a problem. But I think that as a player, it's good for um, Denzel Ward to be, um, I guess, awarded such a high contract. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, he's definitely a really solid player. Um, yeah, I don't know uh, whether he should have been awarded this big of a contract, but at this point, the Browns have been signing huge deals lately. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson uh, extension uh, that he signed once he got traded to Cleveland. Um, yeah, at this point, they're somehow keeping everyone under the salary cap, which is pretty insane, uh, I guess, considering, um, you know, the, the way, uh, like how stacked this Cleveland team is. I really hope that they, they do well this coming season. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything um, in terms of recapping uh, all of the signings in the league, the major ones, especially. So the NFL draft is coming up in about a week's time. So I, I guess uh, in terms of just looking at that, I want to take a look at a mock draft. It was written by, um, I guess, uh, insider Peter Schrager uh, from NFL.com. Um, basically, it's just uh, a mock draft based on stuff he's been hearing from around the league as he has a lot of sources in different management positions. Uh, so we'll just start from the top here. Uh, you got Jacksonville Jaguars. Instead of um, them taking Aiden Hutchinson as they – probably uh, were projected to take them them taking Trayvon Walker um, and apparently he says that Jacksonville uh, management uh, they've they've been interested in going a little bit off the board sometimes and taking a player that might not be the prototypical number one pick but that might you know be a more physical player I guess what are your thoughts on, on Jacksonville I guess potentially getting more physical with a guy like Walker I mean physicality is then uh, necessarily a bad thing definitely want some toughness especially on the line so I guess my thoughts were um, they want to build around Trevor Lawrence so I'm wondering since they want to get a lineman um, do they plan on getting I guess an offensive lineman a little bit later in the draft or kind of um, what their thoughts on there but I think just a lineman in, in general is a good idea yeah, I definitely agree. You know, getting someone uh, physical uh, definitely would be great for the Jags, especially uh, Trayvon Walker there on, on the defensive line. And then obviously Aiden Hutchinson would then go to the Detroit Lions. Uh, obviously, he's projected to either go first or second most likely. So the Lions would pretty much just follow suit and take him as they're pretty much looking to draft on the defense like we talked about. Um, and then getting to Houston, uh, apparently they need – anyone from any position so they're pretty much just taking best player available looks like they're taking offensive tackle Iki Kwanu in this mock draft um I guess what are your thoughts on Houston in general in terms of what they need to draft I mean like you said they need to draft anyone and everyone but even with that you generally want to start with the line because if the line isn't the best then every other position kind of suffers so I feel like going for the best offensive tackle available is the best bet. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, then the Jets, uh, he hasn't taken Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher from Oregon. 
Uh, the Jets are another one of those teams where they need to fill a lot of different positions. Um, so I just assume, you know, them taking an edge rusher would just sort of be, you know, uh, that idea that, you know, we, they got to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They were decent at stopping the run last year, but Thibodeau is more of that guy that's just going to get to the quarterback. So, um, yeah, I guess what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess they want to build their defense first, which is um, absolutely fine. Like you said, they were good at stopping the run, so um, being able to stop the pass is kind of the, the next step. Definitely agree. Uh, we talked about the Giants needing offensive line last time, so obviously them taking Charles Cross uh, is decent. Uh, over offensive tackle Evan Neal, that remains to be seen as he, Neil was originally projected to go ahead of Charles Cross. So maybe it's just them uh, taking a different route here. Um, we'll get to the Panthers. He hasn't taken quarterback Kenny Pickett. This is the first quarterback off the board. Obviously, the last mock draft we looked at, there were no quarterbacks in the first round. Um, Kenny Pickett all the way at number six for the Panthers. Give me your thoughts on that. I'm not really too sure why they would want to draft a quarterback. Um, I think they already had a quarterback in Sam Darnold, if I'm not mistaken. So my thinking is why not kind of just try to develop and see where he goes, um, try to develop the pieces around him. Uh, they do have Christian McCaffrey, so they don't need to worry about um, the rushing, but uh, maybe try to develop the offensive line a little bit, uh, maybe bring in some tight ends, maybe some wide receivers. If that doesn't work, then maybe you can get a quarterback, but I don't know why they would want to get a quarterback now. Yeah, I agree. Their offensive line was very terrible last year. I think that maybe, yeah, give Sam Darnold maybe another shot, draft an offensive lineman there. Obviously, Evan Neal is still on the board here, so maybe draft a guy like that. Maybe if Charles Cross ends up falling, maybe draft a guy like him. Um, yeah, I definitely question that. I feel like the quarterbacks, they probably should be taken a little bit later. Um Giants pick again here. Yes, I'm taking Sauce Gardner, the corner from Cincinnati. Yeah, honestly, the Giants' defense one of their solid traits. Um, if they take Sauce Gardner, I, I think that their defense will be really impressive. Yeah, for sure. I guess it would uh, give the Giants kind of a chance to kind of stay in the game, slow the other team down. And um, I guess for fantasy, it makes the Giants' defense, um, I guess, more draftable. Definitely agree. At eight, we have the Atlanta Falcons. They're similar to Houston. They need pretty much anything. He has them taking offensive tackle Evan Neal from Alabama. Yeah, give me your thoughts on the Falcons and what they should do in the draft. Um, I feel like um, they're normally a team that likes to go for the pass, so they could try to build build around that again. But either way, you need you still need a line, so um, might as well go with the line first. Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll get to Seattle at nine. He hasn't taken corner Derek Stingley Jr. Um, yeah, this is just another team. There's a lot of teams up here that uh, sort of need uh, pretty much a, a few different positions. Obviously, addressing corner would, would be uh, really solid for the Seahawks. And then at 10, you have the Jets drafting wide receiver Jamison Williams from Alabama. Um yeah, I guess give me your thoughts on these two picks. I guess Seattle addressing defense and then the Jets sort of addressing their offense. I guess for Seattle with their deep, uh, defense, um, I know Seattle, they're normally a team that has pretty good defense. So I feel like adding a corner to 
a decent defense and make it better is, um, I guess it's fine. But again, I feel like they already parted ways with Russell Wilson. So they, I would think that in order to get a new quarterback down the road, you'd want to get uh, a lineman. So I feel like lineman would be more important for Seattle. For the Jets, I think for getting a wide receiver, um, I guess that's uh, okay as well. I believe they let go of uh, Jamison Crowder. So, yeah, might as well get another wide receiver. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, their offense needs to turn around. They got to sort of help Zach Wilson reach his full potential. Um, I guess speaking of helping out their quarterback, it looks like commanders would want to help out Carson Wentz. Uh, he has them taking Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. I guess what are your thoughts on that and the potential of him sort of joining Terry McLaurin there in Washington? Um, I feel like it'd be a good idea to add another uh, wide receiver. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz is a good passer, but you'd want to have some pieces around him. Uh, getting wide receivers in the free agency could be um, a little bit tough, especially if you're not the biggest market out there. So I guess uh, getting a wide receiver through the draft could work as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and then I guess moving to 12, uh, got the Vikings taking edge rusher Jermaine Johnson. Uh, obviously, the Vikings, they've always had great defense. So it's, it's just another one of those picks, them getting back to their roots. Um, then you got Houston taking safety Kyle Hamilton. A lot of good defensive players in this draft, I guess. Uh, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it looks like um, the defensive players, they've really stepped up um, through, I guess, college last season. So a lot of really good defensive players to pick from. So. Yeah, I guess it's really impressive. Yeah, getting to 14, he has Baltimore Ravens up, taking Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Um, it's pretty much just addressing their offensive line, considering a lot of their offense runs through there, like Lamar Jackson and the running backs. So that's pretty straightforward. Um, they have Philadelphia Eagles drafting Drake London, USC wide receiver. So, um, yeah, the Eagles take another a shot at drafting a wide out. And then they have the Saints drafting wide receiver Chris Olave at 16, and then the LA Chargers drafting wide receiver Traylon Burks at 17. I guess, what are your thoughts on this string of wideouts all going at the same time? Um, I guess it's um, really interesting that I guess this stretch of the draft would be drafting um, wide receivers, but it does, uh, I guess, kind of make sense for these teams. Um, I feel like the Eagles and the Saints. The Saints aren't really um, too thin, but you could always use a little bit more uh, depth for wide receiver for the Saints. Um, the Eagles, I think they're sorely in need of depth, so might as well go for a wide receiver. Um, the Chargers, they don't really uh, need too, too much, but I, I guess they might as well go for the best available wide receivers, probably what they're thinking. So, yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, this is basically what he's hearing. So maybe the Chargers should consider something else, but maybe they are considering a wide receiver. So we'll definitely have to see where they go. Uh, the Eagles pick again. They take linebacker Devin Lloyd. Obviously, if they're addressing offense with one of their picks, they would potentially address defense with the other one in the first round. Uh, and then you have the Saints addressing defense as well with tackle Jordan Davis. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's the same thing with these teams. They're taking one guy on the offense, one guy on the defense. Definitely makes sense uh, there. Get to pick twenty. Pittsburgh Steelers taking quarterback Malik Willis from Liberty. I guess give me your thoughts on that uh, draft pick. I guess for the Steelers, um, unfortunately, the quarterback that they drafted last season, um, I think he died tragically. So um, it was really unfortunate that that happened. So they were kind of forced to draft another quarterback. Um, I think they do have um, Mitchell Trubisky still. So he's probably going to be able to kind of um, stand in the gap for them until the new quarterback is uh, ready to start. So. Yeah, kind of unfortunate what happens um, in Pittsburgh, but hopefully um, Malik Willis will be able to kind of develop the Steelers. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, uh, I believe um, their quarterback, uh, he did come in a trade. Um, and yeah, that it was tragic that, that he did pass. But um, yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree that they, they should look at a quarterback. They're at pick 20. It's not like they were at pick six, uh, taking one. Um, pick 20, it's a little further down the board. You get more value taking a quarterback there. Um, then the Patriots are at pick 21. He has them taking corner Trent McDuffie, uh, which definitely makes sense considering J.C. Jackson left in free agency. It's pretty much just plug-and-play type deal with New England. And then, uh, of course, we mentioned Green Bay taking a wide receiver. He has them taking Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Um, like you said, it's pretty much plug and play also in that sense. They need wide receivers. They definitely go take one. Uh, then the Cardinals at 23 take interior offensive lineman Zion Johnson. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on them, I guess, drafting offensive line in Arizona? I feel like um, the Cardinals, they don't really need too much in terms of um, wide receivers. Um, maybe they could get another running back, but I think they're fine. I think they're fine at tight end as well so this is kind of a case of getting into interior offensive linemen um their rush game is probably going to be um, better so that's probably what they're thinking I think. yeah i know kyler murray got sacked quite a bit last year so maybe it's potentially to help with that obviously dallas addressing their aging offensive line he has them taking tyler linderbaum um definitely would be a solid pick for them um, and then he has the Buffalo Bills at 25, taking running back Brees Hall. Um, I know last week we sort of talked about offenses. We talked about Buffalo, and you talked about them potentially needing a, a big-time running back. I guess what are your thoughts on them getting one here? Yeah, I guess um, this is kind of a good spot because um, if it was, like, a little bit higher, I feel like um, linemen are kind of the most important at, like, higher positions, but you can kind of go for skill positions um, lower in the draft. So I guess uh, Brees Hall, he has um, pretty good potential. So they're obviously drafting him for his potential. So the only question is how the coaching staff is going to kind of fit the run game to include uh, Brees Hall. Yeah, definitely. Maybe dial back Josh Allen a little bit to sort of keep him healthy. Uh, then you got Tennessee Titans also drafting an offensive lineman and Kenyon Green. Um, yeah, you know, just to sort of um, run their offense, you know, with Derrick Henry, it definitely makes sense. And then you got Tampa Bay drafting safety, Dax Hill. Um, yeah, obviously with the Bucs, uh, they don't really have too many needs. It's sort of just adding depth. Um, a lot of these good teams are doing that. Green Bay adding Devontae White, defensive tackle. 
Um, and some of these teams, Kansas City adding edge rusher George Carlafidis. Uh, uh, I, I probably butchered his name. And then they add corner Kyler Gordon. It's more of these like big time teams adding depth. Um, I guess give me your thoughts on that. I guess, for example, um, Kansas City. Um, Kansas City was, I think, they were fine in terms of offense. It's just that in terms of defense, they didn't really look the same. Um, I remember a few years back or a couple of years back, it looked like Kansas City could like stop any team that they wanted. Um, they limited the Browns in the playoffs. They limited the Bills in the playoffs. So I feel like they want to get back to that. So adding depth on defense is probably going to be really important if they want that. And I guess for the Bucks and for the Packers, um, they also normally have really good uh, defenses as well, so might as well add to that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, getting to pick 31, he has the Cincinnati Bengals taking offensive tackle Tyler Smith. This one's pretty obvious. Joe Burrow got sacked so many times. You got to address that offensive line, especially in the first round. And then with pick 32, he has the Detroit Lions taking quarterback Matt Corral. Um, give me your thoughts on the Lions potentially drafting a quarterback this year, and what are your thoughts? Um. I guess they could, um, depending on, I guess, how they see kind of the potential of uh, Jared Goff working out. He is kind of a veteran player, so you kind of know what you get with him. But I guess they want to look towards the future, if that makes sense. So they would want to get a quarterback um, who they think they can develop. So I'm guessing they draft a quarterback um, at 32 and then, Jared Goff shows him the ropes, and then they developed him, and so uh, yeah, they go from there. Yeah, I mean, um, they have two picks in the first round, definitely in the cards for them potentially. So yeah, I'm pretty excited how this draft is going to go next week. Uh, depending on the day we're recording, we'll either recap it or just I guess preview it essentially. But yeah, a pretty solid mock draft, pretty much what Peter Schrager is hearing around the league so definitely some interesting movement here different players going to different teams we'll definitely have to see how that all turns out come draft day and yeah that's pretty much it for the nfl for this week so nate i guess i'll just get it to you for everything nhl for sure so i guess for everything nhl um we'll go over uh the games for april 20th and then We'll take a look at some pickups and then we'll take a look at uh, previewing April 21st. So I guess most of the games they haven't started yet. Um, it looks like one game started, that's going to be Edmonton Oilers versus the Dallas Stars. Um, it looks like Edmonton is up 3-2 right now. Um, Evander Kane, Derek Ryan for the Oilers in the first period. Jason Robertson for the Stars in the first period. Uh, Rupe Heinz for the Stars in the second period with Zach Hyman for the Oilers in the second period. Um, what are your thoughts so far? Yeah, this is a big game in terms of playoff implications in the West. Obviously, Dallas uh, trying to hold on to their playoff spot. They're currently in the second wild card spot, so they're the eighth seed in the West right now. Uh, they really need to come back and win this game. They have Vegas and Vancouver on their heels. Uh, definitely must win for Dallas. And as for the Oilers, yeah, they just, you know, just need to keep solidifying their playoff spot as well. So big game for both teams. And yeah, the Oilers doing really well being on top. 
Um, I guess getting to some of the other games, Chicago, Arizona, two teams that aren't really going to be in the playoffs this year. What you're probably watching that game only if you're a fan of either of the two teams. Then you got Washington against Vegas, another huge playoff implication game. Obviously, Washington's clinched in the East, but Vegas, they're looking to get in in the West. So they're trying to catch Dallas. So they're hoping Dallas loses and then they potentially win that. And then Colorado, Seattle, honestly, um, hopefully Seattle doesn't get blown out here. That's all I have to say. So I guess we can move on to the pickups portion of the podcast. So uh, we'll start off with forwards and uh, who you got for that. Yeah, uh, if you're in the fantasy playoffs, you're potentially in your fantasy finals if you're needing pickups for this week. So definitely got you covered there for forwards. I have Victor Olofsson for the Buffalo Sabres. He's around 20% rostered now. I think I've had him three weeks in a row. He's been like 10%, 15%, and 20%. Got to pick up this guy. He plays both wing spots for Buffalo. Uh, two goals in his previous game. Two power play points. Four shots. Two hits. He's been insane. He had an assist the game before that. Two assists. Two games before that. And I mean, even plus minus on Buffalo in his last four games. That's pretty solid as well. Can't go wrong with picking up Victor Olofsson. Um, I also have um, Jack Roslovic for the Columbus Blue Jackets, center right wing eligible. He's around 13% rostered. And yeah, he's been on fire. Um, I believe in his last five games, he has seven goals. He has two assists. And I mean, uh, this guy's a plus five on a Columbus team that's mediocre at best. He's been getting power play time. He has a power play point. He's been averaging around four shots per game, which is really solid. And he has five hits over those five games. So definitely a must pick up. whether it's shallow or deep leagues. Um, then I have Ivan Barbashev, tri-eligible from the St. Louis Blues. He is close to 50% rostered, so he might not be available in most leagues. But yeah, he's a really solid hit specialist. I think he had seven hits in his last game, then seven hits uh, in the two games combined before that. Um, he has three points in his previous three games. Yeah, just really solid overall in multi-category leagues. So definitely add Barbashev there. And then I have one sleeper pickup. Uh, talking about young prospects that have sort of jumped into the NHL after their college season has finished. Um, I know Owen Power was the big name on defense for Buffalo, but in terms of fantasy, I like center Matty Baneers better for Seattle. Um, he's around 10% rostered, and he's been added about that much uh, in the past week. Um, he's played three games so far for Seattle. Two goals, one assist, three points. So three points in your first three NHL games, pretty solid. He's playing on the power play. He's got a power play point there. He has seven shots in those three games and three hits. I mean, the guy, he's a rookie, but he's doing pretty much everything. He's the biggest star on the Seattle team, 100%, as he was drafted second overall last year. Yeah, this is a guy, if you're in keeper leagues, add this guy and keep him until next year. And if you're um, in the standard uh, leagues, um, yeah, you might need him to contribute for you if you're in the finals. So definitely add Matty Beneers. Sure. And I guess for my uh, first forward, I'm going to, I guess recommend Dylan Dubé for Calgary. Um, he's one percent rostered, but he's uh, got fourteen goals, fourteen assists, one hundred thirty-one shots. Um, his plus-minus is zero, so he's not going to hurt you um, in any way, but he might not really help you either. He gets a couple of hits here and there, but in terms of goals, he got one against Chicago, got two against Arizona, and he got one against Vegas. So he has been getting. Uh, goals. He's been getting a lot of shots, so I feel like those are 
two of his biggest um, assets if you pick him up. And I guess for my next forward, I'll talk about um, Alex Chasson for uh, Vancouver. He has 12 goals, nine assists. He's plus three with 85 shots for the season. Uh, gets a little bit of hits, but I feel like um, he's been getting a lot of shots lately. He's been getting some goals lately as well. I think he got two against Arizona. Um, he got one against San Jose. He got two against Arizona earlier in the month as well. And it looks like the Canucks are facing um, Seattle. They're facing LA. Um, they're making a playoff push. So I feel like there's a chance that he could make some more goals. Probably going to take some more shots as well. And I guess for my uh, last pickup, I'll recommend uh, Ross Colton. He's only 4% rostered, but for the season, he has 19 goals, 16 assists. He's plus three with 145 shots. I think against Detroit, he ended up getting two goals. He was plus one. He had five shots. He had one hit. He gets a little bit in multiple categories. He gets a little bit of hits. He gets um, a lot of shots. He gets some plus minus. He, he's definitely not going to hurt you with plus three. Um, he gets some assists. He's been getting a lot of goals lately, so uh, definitely take a look at Ross Colton. And I guess for defensemen, who would you got for that? Yeah, let's go right back to Seattle. Um, I got Vince Dunn from the Seattle Kraken. He's around 25% rostered. Yeah, he's been so solid. In his last three games, he has five assists. Um, he has two power play points. He has three shots, four hits. I mean, this guy contributing almost every category. Definitely a must-add. Um, I also have Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators. He's close to 50% rostered, so not available in all leagues. But he has been solid. He's got three assists over his past five games. He's a plus two in that span. Um, he's averaging three shots a game almost, and uh, he's averaging two hits a game as well. So contributing almost every single category and, and almost every single night as well. So definitely go add those two defenders. So I guess for defensemen, um, I think people could take a look at Brandon Montour for Florida. Um, he has nine goals. He has 25 assists. He's plus 16 with 142 shots. Gets some hits as well. Gets a lot of shots. Um, he gets assists uh, really often. His plus minus is normally good, so you can definitely take it, take a look at it for those. And I guess for my um, next defenseman, I guess I'll recommend Dmitry Kulikov for Minnesota. He's mostly a deep league pickup, but he gets um, six goals, 17 assists. He's plus 18 and 63 shots. So plus minus is probably going to be his um, biggest asset for you. He gets some assists as well, but I feel like if you need some plus minus, you can definitely take a look at Dmitry Kulikov. And for goalies, who do you have? Yeah, I got Pavel Francouz again from uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Like I said, this guy's been winning every start. He's a backup goalie, but you need that at least one start a week from him. Looks like he'll be getting it as we speak uh, against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they're just underway at the moment. And yeah, I mean, I think what? He has like 15 wins on the season as a backup, a, a 2.49 goals against average and a 919 save percentage with two shutouts. So, I mean, these are some solid stats. He's probably going to get the win for you every time he starts. That's the way it's been like over the last month. He's just been winning every start. Yeah, and there's a chance he could rest starter Darcy Camper over the final stretch of the season. So he could be getting the bulk of the start. So he might be a, a solid pickup if you go take a look at him. 
And I guess for goalies, this may or may not be controversial, but I'll recommend Anton Forsberg from uh, Ottawa. It's He's mostly a shallow league pickup, but he does have 19 wins. Save percentage is on um, 0.917. His goals against average is 2.79. Um, I'm mostly recommending him for his um, schedule. He's facing uh, Montreal, he's flipped, and he's facing uh, New Jersey. He's facing Columbus. So I think those are uh, teams, all teams that Ottawa could possibly um, get some wins against. So um, I feel like Anton Forsberg could be a good pickup in shallow leagues, um, I guess, depending on the schedule strength. And I guess uh, moving on to previews, um, we can take a look at, I guess, Philadelphia versus Montreal. And uh, what are your thoughts on who's going to win? Yeah, I mean, both teams have just been really bad over the course of the year. Obviously, if Montreal's starting carry price for this game, you have to take them. They haven't been able to score a, a goal in the two starts he's had pretty recently. So hopefully they're able to get some goals here and help them win but yeah i would lean montreal at home all right and uh moving on to i think uh detroit versus florida um who do you think is going to take this game yeah you gotta go with florida they're still on that winning streak um yeah uh, they've just been so solid over the course of these last few weeks um they even have a chance at catching colorado for the president's trophy to finish the season so yeah you gotta go with florida at home and uh, moving on to Buffalo versus New Jersey, who do you think takes this game? I'd actually go with Buffalo. Um, yeah, they've played better than their record recently. I feel like they're just a better overall team than New Jersey. I feel like they can get the win here. All right. And uh, moving on to Boston versus Pittsburgh, uh, two really strong teams. But who do you think takes this game? Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's starting to play better. Um, I know both teams, they battle the injuries. They've had players out of their lineup. Uh, this one's pretty much a toss-up. I might lean with Pittsburgh at home, but it could go either way. And uh, moving on to Winnipeg versus Carolina. Uh, do you think Winnipeg could get an upset here? They could. Um, I think the Hurricanes are sort of trying to round things into form, though, so I might lean with Carolina, but I definitely expect the Jets to put up a fight. All right. And uh, moving on to Battle of New York, uh, Rangers versus Islanders. Who do you think takes this game? I think the last time they faced the Islanders did get the better of the Rangers, but I think the Rangers, they're trying to round into that playoff form. So I would expect them to get the win here. All right. And uh, moving on to Vancouver versus Minnesota. Must win for Vancouver, but do they get the win? Yeah, I don't know if they get the win here. Minnesota's pretty solid. Uh, might have to lean with Minnesota here, even though I'll definitely be hoping that Vancouver gets the win. All right. And uh, moving on to... Toronto versus Tampa Bay. Uh, Toronto's on a four-game win streak right now. Um, do they get a five-game win streak? Uh, it's possible. This is a potential first-round matchup, so Toronto definitely wants to be tuned in for that. Um, I don't know whether Matthews is going to play. I think if Matthews plays, you can lean with the Leafs. If Matthews doesn't play, I think maybe Tampa Bay's offense is a little bit deeper heading into the game, so maybe you go with Tampa Bay. And uh, moving on to Dallas versus Calgary Flames, um, who do you think takes this game? Yeah, Dallas will be coming off a back-to-back, -back, which they are currently losing now 4-2 to two against the Oilers. 
Yeah, it's a it's a rough road for the Stars right now. I, I think Calgary should be able to get the win here. All right. And uh, moving on to Chicago versus L.A. Um, who do you think takes this game? Yeah, similar situation. Blackhawks coming off a of back-to-back. Kings are trying to make a push for the playoffs. I think I might have to go with L.A. at home here. And uh, moving on to St. Louis versus San Jose. Who do you think takes this game? Yeah, San Jose just snapped a really long losing streak, but I still think St. Louis is the clearly the better team, so I am going to go with them here. All right. And so that ends the preview portion of everything NHL. And uh, yes, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, all the Eastern Conference teams have clinched playoffs this week, so it's just a matter of who's seeded where, but we know which eight teams are getting into the playoffs. Then moving to the West is where things get complicated. The Edmonton Oilers, LA Kings, Nashville Predators, Dallas Stars, Vegas Golden Knights, and Vancouver Canucks are all fighting for the final four playoff spots. So that's like, what, six teams trying to get the final four spots. It's pretty insane. I think they're all separated by a span of seven points from Edmonton down to Vancouver. So, yeah, Edmonton being up in this game currently is definitely going to help them clinch a spot soon. Obviously, the Kings have battled injuries. Um, Vegas has battled injuries all year. The Canucks are currently experiencing injuries. Dallas, I mean, almost every team on this board has had some sort of injuries. I don't even know who's going to get in at this point. It's so jumbled. Uh, You're probably going to have to wait till the final week of the season to sort of see how it shakes out. Yeah, it looks like Nashville kind of has the, I guess, the best chance. But I guess just looking for the points, you'd think Dallas might have a chance. But like you said, they have a pretty rough schedule. Um, Vegas and Vancouver, they're tied right now. So that's going to be really interesting. But um, hopefully Vancouver makes it. But it's going to be really um, rough for them. Every game is must win. Um, I'm a little worried for the Kings because they could possibly I don't know if they can be eliminated or not, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's going to come down to the final stretch for sure. And I guess that about wraps everything up for everything NHL and for um, Fantasy Fanatics podcast this week. Uh, If you liked what you watched, you can subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, Uh, leave us a comment, leave us a like, uh, give us a review. Give us your thoughts on um, sports and whatever, what's going on right now. And uh, if you like what you listen to, you can follow us on Spotify. You can also follow us on Apple Music and Google Podcasts. And if you need some sports picks, you can follow us at FanFan Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you guys next week.